Welcome to Mad Toast Live, recorded in front of a live audience. We're here at the Brink Lounge, 701 East Washington Avenue, right down the hill from the Capitol Building in Madison, Wisconsin. We're your hosts. I'm Mary Gaines, and this is Chris Wagon. Thank you all for coming tonight. This is actually a, the second part of a two-part ep- uh, podcast series with the Will Dellis Fort Project. And here they are. Thank you. 
Well, where did you meet these guys? <laughs> I want to give a big ups to Dr. Phil Good, Phil Fournette on drums. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that boy good. Um, I, met, I met some of these guys. See, what happened was I was walking down the street. This uh-huh. is not really a true story, but <laughs> anyway, so I was walking down the street. And then uh, Tim was like, oh, he just hit me with his bass. And I was looking at him like, hey, what's up, man? He said, you should put a group together and I should play bass. Then I said, okay. And uh, yeah, Phil was in the trunk. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) with his drums, he was playing. He had a little miniature drums. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. Yeah, and he came out and started playing. I was like, oh, if you're going to swing like that, we might as well just play. Uh So we've been swinging ever since. I've known these guys for three years now. I think it's three years. Three it years. Sound, it sounds like a Tom Waits video. It was. Of, yeah. You know, we, we originally we were going to be a, a Hall and Oates band, but um, <laughs> you know they didn't want to play Private Eyes, so oh, I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, well, yeah. let's just play Tuskegee. That's, that's a great song. It really. It is. is. Yeah. It's going to be my ringtone. If you really. In a few minutes. <laughs> you'd you'd be in trouble if you had that as your ringtone. Oh man, I'm telling you, I want to put a Hall and Oates uh, tribute band together. I really do. If yeah. anybody out there hearing that, you need a keyboard player. Give me a call. No. Kiss on so okay, my, so when you get married, what what song are you gonna have at your wedding? Oh, Ow. kiss on my list. That's that's my that's my tune. So you actually know the songs? That's I really cool. I'm really a Hall and Oates fan. I, uh, okay. It's funny, but I really am. I really like Hall. And <laughs> there's <laughs> nothing wrong great. with there's nothing wrong with that. I, you know, I I just if I was born a little bit earlier, I'd have been I would have had a Jerry Curl and I would have been playing up there with them. But <laughs> so who is the short one? I don't remember. Is that Hall or Oates? The shorter guy. Oh, uh, which one is I the short one? I should with, know with that. The, know. the mustache. Sure. One of them has yeah. a mustache. Uh, Big oats. oats. There you go. Well, thank you. <laughs> My dude. Thanks, See? Joe. From the gallery. <laughs> oats. Oats from the gallery. So was there? Was there a? And I believe your story. I really do. Oh yeah. About how y'all get together. But <laughs> <Yeah>. what? <laughs> did you have some kind of audition process, or was it just like um, these guys are all just? You know, I mean, you you on you're, the scene and every day you're playing and every day you're traveling. So you you know you you meet someone and you're like, oh this cat sounds good. Yeah. You know uh, what are you doing on such and such? Would you like to play? You know once you get them in on one gig, that's you got them. They're trapped. <laughs> <laughs> You're mine now. You got them on speed dial. Yeah. Now. yeah so yeah. Um, and then um, try to book as much as gigs so you can play with them. Really, yeah. it's just a whole key. You know some gigs they're not going to be able to make, and you you'd find somebody else. You know so. Okay. And then you just meet more fantastic players. But uh, all these guys I've known for three years now. Yeah, including uh, uh, Marquise and Patrick. Yeah, as well? yeah. Okay. Well, Pat, Pat's been what two years, three years? Yeah, two, two and, and a half. half. Yeah. So, right. so who's the oldest guy in the band? Uh, Marquise. Yeah. Oh, well, oldest as in age. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to give it away. Uh, I mean, okay, that's not really what I need. I, I just want to know the number. What's the oldest person? Uh, in the Thirty. Thirty-two. Thirty-two. Okay. 30 wow. and 32, between 30 and 32. You guys sound yeah. like you've been playing together for like 20 years. Yeah, so they've been, yeah. They, they're playing like they're 70, though. Oh, yeah. They're definitely. Playing like some grown men. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Only definitely. they can still really play. <laughs> yeah. You never know. If you're, if, you're, if you're just joining us here, we are with the Will Dallas Fort Project. William Dallas Fort. Uh, go to wdellisfort, W-D-E-L-I-S-F-O-R-T.com. And uh, this is the uh, second of a two-part series here. Um, but we talked about we talked about your uh, your past specifically, uh, what what brought you to this point, uh, playing with these guys. Um, 
you've been featured on over seven albums on the album uh, albums on the piano. You were with uh, on Flat Planet yeah. by with guitarist Farid Haq uh, on Owl Studio Records. You, Who we had on the show? On the show, and also Freedom Riders, which is your own release. It was from last uh, yeah. within the last year. Within the last year, still yeah. pretty new. Um, any plans for a new one? You're working um, on a new one. We're working on a live album that we recorded um, on a past tour, and it um, it features a uh, vocalist Milton Suggs from Chicago on there. So um, that's live in Cincinnati. So um, that should be coming out within uh, this year, then uh, talks and financial uh, yeah. planning uh-huh. for the uh, <laughs> next album. So yeah. the whole goal is to get under a label, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need a label. Let that go across the world. Get on a label <laughs> and record some uh, good music for yeah. the people. Or definitely get, uh, go to some, uh, uh, well, you're playing some private parties though here, I notice. You're playing like, uh, well, aren't you? <laughs> um, I'm looking at this. Yeah, I've, I've done a couple. There's a uh, private party in Chicago. Yeah, yeah, this past, and I think two next month, we're in May. Okay. Two next month, then um, uh, a couple camps that I'm teaching at. So I'll be teaching at uh, Valencia Community College down in Orlando, and um, the jazz camp out there, and jazz camp in uh, Northern Illinois University, mm-hmm. teaching uh, piano and um, theory. Yeah. So come and get the education. Do you guys all teach? Do you all have private students? Um, no? I see no. Tim shaking his head. Everybody else is kind of nodding their heads. Okay. <laughs> Mostly nods. So how do you feel about the... I, I think I asked you, maybe asked you this question the last time you were on, but how do you guys feel about the younger generation of people, uh, of kids coming up, kids or adults or whoever is starting to play jazz? Uh, what's, what's their perception generally when they're coming into it? Does it change... Well, um, and, and I don't know. That's a kind of you know, kind of open-ended. But <laughs> and and uh, well, in my opinion, um, I think there's a uh, well, there's there's like a a big school of musicians that are out there, and um, about half of them, I think, are taking the approach to like let me take a historical approach to this, you know, yeah. and then the other half is kind of like I don't like that guy. He's too old. How about <laughs> we listen to this guy? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, well, if you realize this guy likes that guy, so if it wasn't for him, right, this guy wouldn't be, you know. So it's to me, it's half and half. I, th- I think half of them are really on a good track, and um, the other half are kind of somehow will still be successful no, now <laughs> nowadays. Like, yeah. the, like the guy off of American Idol, yeah, the pants on my pants on my, yeah, it's. Pants on the floor. Yeah. yeah. You know, Simon was like, somehow I got a feeling you're going to be very successful no matter what we tell you right now. <laughs> and well, he is, yeah. you know. So, yeah. Despite the fact he didn't probably do any hollow notes at all. You know, I mean, if, I think, personally, I think if he would have done some hollow notes, know. didn't go into the pants on the floor, he probably would have came out first place. Yeah. That's my opinion. <laughs> but um, I, mean, I don't know. I mean, what the other guys think. Um, Tim? Take the mic. I honestly have no idea because I do zero teaching and haven't done any teaching in a long time. Oh, you were shaking your head, yeah. Yeah, so for me, my teaching experience was a bunch of little kids coming into a guitar studio and being like, can you show me how to play this song? And then me being like, sure. And then taking their check and sending them on their way. 
So that's my whole, that's how I feel about the education of music. So it's, it, you know, and, and, it's, and you, are, you are a phenomenal player, and I'm really glad that you're not teaching. That's good. <laughs> no, it's good though. It's t- it takes all types, and it's really good to know that you don't because it's it's true. We've probably all had some teacher here or there that probably, you know, who's a great player, but there is that you really do have do have to want to teach, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah, and I'm just I don't think I'm good at it because I'm more or less taught myself. Yeah. So when someone asks me a question, I'm just like, "What? You don't get it? We'll go home and practice." You lazy. <laughs> Tim Sizer, people, don't call him. Don't call him, he'll call you. (laughs) His phone number is... Performing, on the other hand, is nothing. Yeah, yeah. But you guys are playing some new tunes. Actually, the tune you just played, I think, is on on Freedom Rider. It's on the Freedom Freedom. Rider. It's entitled Tuskegee Experiment. Right. So, So, you guys got a couple? Yeah, yeah. Um, This is a... uh, This is the last... um, the third and final uh, movement from the Bandit Brothers Suite, entitled Chatterbox Bandit.
There's a little bit of quoting going on there. <laughs> Somebody played something. <laughs> Mr. In Between. Yeah. Uh, jazz. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, what was that tune? Uh, that was the, the last movement of right. the uh, Band of Brother Suite entitled The Chatterbox Bandit. That's right. Um, <laughs> and Chatterbox, yeah. <laughs> this is the bandit that talks too much. Entirely too much. Um, I wrote, I tried to write a love song. Yeah. So I, was, I was, um, had some time off while I was home. And I was like, oh, let me see if I can write a love song. And, um, no, actually, we wrote, we wrote this. This was um, before the show in Cincinnati. Like the day of, the day before, and um, but I did have access to keyboard, so I was like, "Well, let me see if I can write this love song," and I wrote it. So um, you let me know if it's a love song to you. I don't know if it, if you can feel something from it. That's the goal. So this is an original composition entitled "Forever You." 
That's a hot name. I like that. <laughs> hot name. Thank you. 
Yeah, I think that's a love song. Yes. <laughs> it carries all the complications. Yeah. So, you know, the whole goal is to see if I can, like, at the end of a gig, get a hug. <laughs> Be happy with that. I like hugs. I don't know. Nobody hugs anymore. What's up with that? Well, guys do the side hug thing. How are you doing, man? Yeah. Yeah, 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 you know. You got to keep, you know. (laughs) But that was uh, entitled Forever You. Um, So we're looking to have um, some of the songs that we've been playing tonight to be on the next album and uh, definitely on the next tour and and hopefully have people around the world singing them. So that's the goal, you know. I think that's going to happen. So if we can get them to not sing Pants on You. (laughs) <laughs> on the ground, but seeing forever you, I yeah. think I'll be forever grateful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No okay. one needs to see the other. Yeah, ever. Um, so. I wanted to ask you guys all also this: the idea of you all come through a, a quite a bit of formal music training, but also you're all very seasoned performers. How much of this? Uh, um, and, and you know, and we have a formal music uh, training as well. But, but it doesn't seem to have hurt you. It does. <laughs> yeah, that's what I meant to say. No, this is so, so, <laughs> real Sorry. life experience on the job. How much has this really shaped? Um, I don't know what I'm asking exactly here. Um, Do you know what I'm asking? <laughs> I think. How much have you learned on on the job on the? Performing versus in school. At the gig. This is like one of those political answers. <laughs> yeah. Um, do I get an office? No, and, it, and it's not do taking anything away from. Well, from, uh, oh no. The I mean, we're, we're well, teachers too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. This is not taking anything away from school. I mean, um, definitely, I would say school to me teaches you. The words, you know, the words teach you uh, the, how are you doing, teaches you those words individually. Life teaches you how to put it together. Mm -hmm. You know, so if you go to school and you learn, you know, you learn all these theory things, these uh, secondary dominance, this and that, augmented six, blues. (laughs) There'll be a a little flow chart on their website for that. You know, if, if, if you learn all those stuff from school, but you do not go out and apply it, yeah. then all of it is basically pointless. I mean, if mm-hmm. therefore, if you're going to be a performer, that is, you know, if you're going to be a performer while you're attending school, you should go out and perform. Yeah. But you will be surprised how many um, jazz performance majors do not go out and perform. That is surprising, because I would think, you know, getting together so with too. a variety of different musicians all the time, that's kind of the nature of the... Uh, yeah. Um, well... I mean, there's there's so many different reasons, you know. Yeah. I mean, True. one of them it's school. Um, what school you go to, how much partying goes at the school, or how much other things there is to do at the school, or you could be in the middle of a cornfield and have nothing else to do. <laughs> you know, um, there's so many different things. But I went to that school. Yeah, <laughs> we did too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think you do. You you can get a lot from from going to school and actually yeah. learning this, but you can also get a lot more. Um, by not going to school, you know, certain things you're not having in your head, mm-hmm. you know, makes you think differently. Because um, I play with some amazing musicians that have not gone to school, and I played with some great musicians that have gone to school. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's kind of hard to, 
to say that it really matters, you know, because um, I mean, everybody should get an education. Yeah. I never tell a kid not to get an education, right. you know. Right. Um, if you're going to school for music, if you're going to school for math, if you're going to school for bugs, they go to school and get the degree, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but going to school is just one thing. You have to go out and, and apply it. You know, you go to school for, for medicine, but you do nothing with medicine. You know, it's kind of pointless. Yeah. Right. But real, real world experience is very, 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 very important. And you all got you all you guys have been really fearless too, to get where you are. And I think you know, I'm, thank you for saying all this because I mean, I want to put put that out there too. To if if there are some younger musicians listening, mm-hmm. the part of this is really it is scary. You mm-hmm. know, you got to put yourself out there and do it. And you're gonna fall on your face a little bit. And you're gonna yeah. go, oh my god, I'm playing with that person. Oh my god, yeah. Isn't it fun, in a way, to get somebody to learn how to improvise for the first time? It, it, is, it is fun and cool. and It's, it's really it, I think the coolest thing is watching their face when they discover, like, oh, man, that wasn't so bad. You're like, it wasn't. Yeah, getting that fear that. kind of <laughs> pushed out of the way so they yeah. can actually yeah. think and um, it's, feel. It's, it's, it's important. You, gotta, you have to apply it. You know? And it's like you try to tell some people, because there's so many musicians that are afraid to go out there and play. You know, it's like, well, I need to go and make sure I go and get this, get that. It's kind of like telling somebody who's suffocating. You know, if you just open your lungs and inhale the oxygen, you won't die. Mm-hmm. No, I can't do that. <laughs> That's I'm, scary. I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm going to yeah. choke on the air. You're like, no, trust me. Trust me. Just, just, just breathe in, you know. Yeah. Um, it's like that with musicians. Just go out there and play. Just mm-hmm. try it and play. I don't know. Trust me. Yeah. It, it, yeah. You're not going to die. I mean, once you know you're dying, you're going to stop. Right. But <laughs> it'll feel like you're dying, you know. Yeah. But you should try. Breathe in the air. Well, I love this, what you said on the website, too, about, um, um, you know, kind of paying homage to your parents and teachers and um, yeah. that it was their patience and understanding which have taught you to love your art for more than nickels and dimes. And, yes. it's, and it's an interesting uh, back and forth that we play as musicians, right? Because mm-hmm. we're not prepared very well sometimes in music school mm-hmm. for the reality of the music business, mm-hmm. right? Except some places like maybe Berkeley or some places that are like, you know, a lot very focused on the music business as well mm-hmm. as maybe performance. But um, but to also think of that, thinking of that, that aspect that we do what we do because mm-hmm. we have to do it. And yeah. It's, and it's very important. Um. You know, the one thing that I tell people, because um, you're going to meet so many musicians that are like, well, I can't do this because it's just not, you know, it's only paying $75. I, I, just, I just can't do that, you know. Yeah. I have bills. Well, this, <laughs> thank you, Pat. <laughs> My do dude. It, right? <laughs> but, you know, I mean, but you, you have to realize, like, well, if you're not going to do the gig, nine times out of ten, you're not doing another gig anyway. Mm-hmm. So you might as well do the gig. Because you're going to realize when you didn't do the gig, well, instead of making $75, you just made $0, you know. Um, you have to, no one is going to come into, this, into this, this scene, this music scene. I mean, music is how many thousands of years old, you know, and you think you're just going to be born and just, yeah, well, I'm going to come and play and you got to pay me $200 per note that I play. Uh-huh. It's like no, I mean, I mean the legends that the people that we transcribe and we listen to, you know, what they've gone through. Yeah. You know, I I believe that I should go through more. Yeah. You know, in order to get where they are. Yeah. So you know, it's like you you got you, you got to understand. It's like it's more than that. You know, come out and play the music, and if you do, people will call you. 
people will appreciate you for that. But if you're all about, well, I need that extra nickel. I need that extra dime. Then you'll be known as that guy. Yeah. You know? There, there, there is sort of a sense of entitlement out there a little bit. Like, I paid my dues. It's like, well, yep, and you're going to keep paying them. You're going to keep paying there. them. I mean, I don't, I don't feel that I should ever talk as if I am the greatest living pianist on this world because people like Hank Jones and McCoy Tyner, yeah. Chick Corea, Herbie Hancock, we can keep going down the list. These guys are still alive and they're still playing. Yeah. You know, Roy Haynes is still playing. Playing good too. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you, you got yeah. people like that in this world and they they're still doing their things, right. you know. So, I don't deserve to say, you know, like, well, no, you need to I would like it if you could pay me $500 per note. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But, you know, I don't I don't I don't think it's my place to do that, yeah. you know, just play my music, do the best that I can. Well, you all are very gracious human beings and musicians and we are Really uh, honored to have you here. So uh, please play a couple more. Yeah. Um, I play butterfly. <laughs> All right. So since we brought up Herbie, um, I'm gonna play a, a composition entitled "Butterfly." Well, he says uh, this is to all the beautiful ladies, but he was in Japan. So, so, so this all the beautiful ladies in Madison, Wisconsin, <laughs> butterfly.
blues so it's good to play a blues i don't know why maybe because it feels good yeah that's why it's good to play <laughs> blues because it feels good um it's a composition entitled west 136 west 136 street harlem we should say in the interim here too uh, Marquise Hill on trumpet here. Marquise and his black tet were on our show just a couple months ago. Great episode. You got to check that out. That's on our, our mantoslive.com. Mr. Patrick Turbrack on saxophone going to be here coming up here on Tuesday, June 15th, 2010. Mr. Tim Sizer on bass. Whew. His group is going to be here on Tuesday, you know, I, July 13th. Jocko is actually channeling you right now. <laughs> <laughs> and Mr. Phil Fournette on drums back here. Yeah. What an incredible, incredible band. Mr. Will Dellisfort on the keyboard. Thank you guys so much for coming. Take us out.
Will Delasport Project. Thank you guys for coming on the show. Oh, thank you for having us. Looking forward to hearing this podcast. You guys are going to be uh, coming up at uh, a bunch of bunch of gigs coming up in uh, Chicago the end of May here. Pete Miller's a couple. Uh, and then you're going to be back at Perks in, in Manhattan. Yeah, Perks and then uh, followed by Smalls. So if you're in New York, come on out. We're going to have a good time at Perks. Right. Also Smalls Jazz Club. So you can catch the new album, uh, Freedom Riders. And uh, Will Delasfort Project, go to wdelasfort.com to find out more information. And you've been listening to Mad Toast Live here at the Brink Lounge, 701 East Washington Avenue here in Madison, Wisconsin. We're here every Tuesday night. You can hear our podcasts rebroadcast on WORT 89.9 FM here in Madison, Wisconsin on Friday nights. Special thanks to Mr. Greg White, our front of house engineer this evening, Mr. Andy Lavalley, our podcast producer. Uh, also, special thanks tonight uh, to Mr. Mark Harrod and Mike Massey for pro- providing some backline gear. And thanks to the Brink Lounge and all of you for coming out and all of you for listening. Thanks. Yes. Thank you.